What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? If you had all the money, all the time, all the knowledge, all the resources that you needed? What would you do with your life if you simply knew that anything was possible for you? My name is Christina Carlson, founder of Global Swedish Design and stationery brand Kiki K, and author of the book Your Dream Life Starts Here. And I love exploring these sorts of questions to inspire people to dream. Before I started Kiki K, I had a dream that I could bring Swedish design to the world to create beautiful products that bring sparks of joy into the everyday lives of millions. Now that I have achieved that dream, I want to help you dream big. I want to create a global movement to inspire 101 million dreamers to transform their lives and transform the world in return. Each episode, I'll be talking to some of the world's most inspiring people, exploring the powerful impact that dreaming has had on their lives. We'll be diving deep into the power of dreaming with real insights and ideas that you can use immediately to build a dream life of your own, whatever that means for you. In this episode, I have the pleasure of catching up with the incredible, inspiring duo Nadia Narain and Katja Narain Phillips, sisters, friends, co-authors and wellness gurus whose simply and achievable advice on self-care is taking the world by storm. Originating from slightly different disciplines when it comes to nourishing body and mind, these two wonderful women eventually discovered how complementary both their worlds were when combined. Nadia is one of the UK's top yoga teachers, known for her range of best-selling DVDs and also her own range of chemical-free candles and perfume. Katja has worked in wellness, food and massage for more than 20 years and also runs the innovative Nectar Cafe in London. As true wellness pioneers, they have both spent decades helping others to feel their best, but they are the first to admit it took them a bit longer to learn to care for themselves. In their first best-selling book, Self-Care for the Real World, they share small achievable steps they picked up over a lifetime's journey towards self-care and share how you can apply them to your life, wherever you are. Through their journey, they have discovered that practicing simple daily rituals can help us to press the pause button on the pace of the modern world. And in their most recent book, Rituals for Every Day, you find a collection of some of their favorite rituals you can apply to your daily life. In this amazing episode, you will also discover simple tips for self-care and living a happier, healthier life. How to change the conversation you have with yourself for the positive and start treating yourself with more kindness. That it is okay to ask for support when you need it. The power of making small, positive and sustainable changes rather than committing to huge, unattainable ones. The importance of finding your tribe and surrounding yourself with people who believe in you. The benefits of scheduling time for self-care and time to pause and reflect in your days. That you can take time for self-care whenever it suits you. There is no right or wrong time. And so much more. I really love this conversation and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Let's get right into it. So hello, Nadia and Katya. Thank you so much for joining me on our Dream Life podcast. First, congratulations on your newest book and your second book, Rituals for Every Day. 
I cannot wait to really get my teeth into that because you know ritual is one of my passions. I'm super excited about talking all about your book today and I want our listeners to get as much inspiration for rituals as possible. But before we do that, I would love to hear if you had any dreams as children. Loads of dreams, but I don't know if any of them have come true. No, that's why. Different dreams have come true. I mean, I I think I'm such a bookworm that I... You always wanted to write a book. I always wanted to write a book, but I left home when I was so young and I left school when I was so young. And the people that I always read and aspired to, I always thought they were so intelligent that I never in a million years imagined that we would write a book or I, yeah, I I never thought it would happen. So that's like a pretty big internal dream that came true for me. What about you? God, I guess it was having a family. Yeah. And I've got that. But yeah, the the book wasn't even in my radar at all. <laughs> so it's uh, quite a pleasant surprise. Yeah, that's really nice. And it's interesting how you said that you we often look at people who have written books before or you know done something that you think you have to be an expert and mm. um, I always uh, love the the quote you don't have to be um, great to start but you actually have to start, start to, to be, be great. great yeah and I love them I love that yeah. because it's so and it's just so inspiring for our listeners to hear that because sometimes I think we are uh, you know researching for too long or, or think it's not possible for us but if you can dream it you can actually do it Well, we both sort of got asked to write the book and we both looked at each other like, what? (laughs) Is this for real? And then you just have to go for it, you know, and it's like if you don't try, you never know whether you're going to do it or not do it. So if you just sit at home thinking you'll just wait for the perfect moment, all the moments pass you by. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was definitely now I realized I can do anything. Yeah. Because it was... Like I said, it wasn't something I even thought about and it's happened and it's done so well that, yeah, I'm I'm ready to take anything. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's really good. And sometimes we just, yeah, we just have to, to get started. So did you guys both have a, a passion for health and wellness? Yeah, we both left home quite young yeah. and we traveled in different directions, but both doing similar things. So I was very much into my yoga and Katia got into massage and food and we lived very separate lives and then our father died 12 years ago and we were with him while he was dying Mm -hmm. and I don't know we kind of came home and spent so much time together at such a traumatic time in our lives that we came back and we both started working together a little bit more and realizing that how how complementary both of our worlds were together mm-hmm. and both books are an accumulation of things that we've learned in our years of you know as you know self-study and healing of our own spirits so it's a mixture of the rituals in the rituals book but food in the self-care book and yoga and meditation and reiki and massage and all kinds of stuff that we've learned over the years yeah yeah love that So when did you both realize that you could help people to take better care of themselves? Well, for me, my godmother taught me Reiki when I was 16 years old. I was in college in Boston and I started working at the Boston Living Center with people with AIDS just twice a week and doing Reiki on them. And it felt so good to help them and have these relationships with them. And a lot of them were dying and, you know, were on their last months 
And it was so fulfilling. And when I finished college, I then started doing the massage and working with people. And I've just always really, really enjoyed it. So yeah, for me, it's all all I ever really did. Yeah, yeah. I guess with yoga, I started with myself. You know, I was just doing it for my own healing process. And I had no plans. I sort of had a plan to maybe teach it when I turned 60. Yeah, yeah I thought, yeah. Oh, that'd be a nice job to do when I'm old. And now I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> but my teacher sort of sent me out when I was 23, you know, to teach. And it's every time I want to give up teaching yoga, I'll get a letter or an email or a message from someone just saying, I was in your class a few weeks ago and I know that you don't know who I am, but this is what happened in my life and this is how you helped me. And then you just feel like, okay, I'm not giving up yet. <laughs> no, no, beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. So as the minds behind the self-care for the real world, I would love to know, do you have any specific well-being or self-care practices that you guys are making time for regularly to continue to live your best life? For me, it would be to get some space every day where it's just for myself so I can clear my head, but also to talk nicer to myself mm. and I could very easily be like, oh, I can't do that. I don't want, you know, I'm scared to do the podcast. Like, you know, and to really change that, that tune mm. and that voice. I think mine's the same, just being a little bit kinder to myself on the inside. And I mean, we talk a lot about this in self-care, sort of treat ourselves the way we would a good friend or a child, yeah. you know, like we, we would encourage a child to try something new and you can do it and you're going to be great. But when it comes to ourselves, we just were so mean mm -hmm. to ourselves. Yeah. So that would be the first thing is to start with the conversations that we have with ourselves. Yeah. And how do you do that? Do you, do you guys do that with paper or just in your mind? Or We have a practice in the book where we write all the negative stuff that we say to ourselves and then we try and do the positive spin on that, yeah. you know, and then I guess I have a pretty steady meditation practice. So that just helps me look at it. Yeah. But we're quite good with each other because we'll say it out loud and we're almost like, why are you saying that about yourself? Just stop doing that, you know? And so we do help each other a lot and we have different things that we're both nervous about. Nothing like a little bit of a support group. Yeah. So I believe one of the greatest obstacles that we face as adults is that we tend to let self-doubt and limiting beliefs hold us back from reaching the, our true potential and achieving our dream life. I'd love to know if you have any thoughts or personal experience around this and any advice for uh, people who are really struggling with self-belief. We still struggle with it. <laughs> <laughs> when the book first came out, it was, and we had to start doing all the interviews, I was dying because the the talking especially on radio was the worst thing for me and Nadia's a bit more practiced at it I got a life coach yeah. at that time and she worked with me to get me more confident about doing it yeah so for me I had to to turn to someone else and yeah. you know get support that way and it you know it was it was a big investment for me and usually I'd have been like no I'm not doing it because it's too expensive but actually, you know, it's come back. The money's come back because I've been able to work better and have more opportunities and things. So it's good to to make that little investment in yourself sometimes, yeah. even if it scares you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, I think this is quite a common woman syndrome, but we both suffer a little bit from imposter syndrome. 
you know, even though we've both been in this industry, I mean, I've been teaching yoga for 23 years. Kati has been doing massage and food for over 20 years. And we both get surprised when someone phones and goes, would you like to talk on a panel about it? And we're like, oh, but we don't know. <laughs> are, you, are you sure you want us? We, we're not really sure. And so we have to really stop that conversation as well and realize that, well, actually, we do know what we've been we've been doing this for 20 years we do know what we're doing and I'm sure you know we all have that when it's something new and we read a lot about that and it's very very common amongst successful women apparently so that's how I felt yesterday when that cover came out and I was like oh no all those people they might be thinking like I know her. She's not really like that. <laughs> she doesn't do that. No. Like all these other mums at school judging me. And I was like, I'm really nervous about this cover coming out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really funny too, because um, I think we all are looking at other people being the experts, but they are yeah. just like us, you yeah. know, starting mm-hmm. somewhere and, you know, getting better at better at what they're doing. And I remember when I started my business, all of a sudden I had to be good at public speaking and doing interviews. And I, I avoided television and radio and anything like that that was recorded mm-hmm. so actually to do a podcast where I'm fine being interviewed now but actually doing this has been a, a real challenge as well and and you would think that that would be so easy to ask other people questions but um, it doesn't come naturally to me and no. uh, yeah so it's yeah. Uh, I think we all have those um, self-doubts and um, and we just have to get over them I think and yeah. do more practice and I think there's a charm in it as well you know I think when you meet people that are natural and they're struggling it's it's encouraging to know that you don't like the book I was talking to you about earlier um, how to own the room she just talks about all these different people that she studied doing TED talks and some of them are introverts and that you know they we wrote a book we didn't realize we'd have to kind of do all this other stuff yes, that came exactly. with it. we were just like oh we'll write all this stuff down and hopefully everyone will read it and and then you realize suddenly you've got to get on the radio and do TV and it's not our natural yeah. you you know, even teaching yoga, people think that I'm so outspoken. It's one thing to teach a yoga class. It's another thing to be at a party and start talking to people. And absolutely, then I'd rather just be at home with my book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not my book, someone yeah. else's yeah, yeah, book yeah, that yeah, I'm reading. Course, yeah. <laughs> Narcissist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just sit at home reading right. my own books. <laughs> but I think that's the kind of, you know, spice of life that we are exposed to things that we might not have um, thought of. Yeah, and it challenges us. And it, like you said, you get, you know, you can pat yourself on the back when you've done something that was really scary. And anything that's new is scary. And people come to me all the time and they go, Oh, I really wanted to start doing yoga, but, and they'll come up with all these reasons like, I'm not flexible or I'm really nervous with other people. And I'm like, Well, that's why you start something, right? Because it's, if it's new, it's scary. Yeah. I mean, that is one of our tips in self-care for the real world is in building your confidence is just try something new. And when you succeed, that's how the confidence starts to build. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I can so relate to that support public speaking because I, you know, you know, the, I think the statistics is that people are more, more actually want to die, prefer, you know, prefer to die versus do public speaking. And, and, you know, I think we all fear that very much. But once you've done it a few times and now I doesn't even, I don't, doesn't really bother me. And it's funny how 
takes a few years and then um, you get good at it or, or better at it, I should say. When self-care came out and we had to do all these different interviews and we were so nervous about being misquoted or people, you know how it is, yeah. people change things around a little bit. I learned, anyway, it's my favorite saying, today's news is tomorrow's chip paper. Yeah. You know, fish and chips, yeah. they wrap it up yeah. in chip paper. Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm like, that's all I think about now. Like just say what you have to say and then tomorrow no one's going to even yeah. think there's going to yeah. be, there's way bigger news. Yeah. yeah, That's a good tip. Thank you for that. <laughs> so tell me, um, so the, the Ritual for Every Day is your newest book. What is the difference between this new book and um, from your first one? So Rituals is giving you the tools to help you self-care. So we found that people loved the book, but they just didn't really know how or felt like they didn't have the time. What we've done was with Rituals is we've given people small rituals that allow them to pause and to give something attention and to be able to look inside themselves yeah, I think that, you know, some of the things are little things that you can do every day. Like there's morning meditations and nighttime meditations, rituals, not yeah. all meditations. Yeah. And then there are things that we kind of like birthdays are something that as we get older, we almost don't tell anyone it's our birthday. But actually, it's a really big day. It was the day you were born. It's something to be celebrated. And so just making really special moments in life memories and maybe making the things that are a little bit more mundane like yeah. getting up in the morning and getting ready just moments to sit and have your cup of tea instead of rushing around with your takeout cup and you know trying to do a hundred things at once yeah yeah I love that and I love the birthday because actually at Kiki K we um we give our full-time employees the day off uh, oh, yes. day I was off. just nice. talking to someone about yeah, that today and I, yeah. I love that because and so many people do not love their birthday because they worry about being getting older but I'm like you know the the other option of not getting older is worse yeah yeah that's what I always say yeah Yeah. it's it's like you celebrate being healthy on your birthday and that you've made it another year and I think especially for women we do have that horrible feeling as we start to get older but I just get more excited every year (laughs) I'm like way happier to be 46 than I ever was to be 26 yeah The ritual that we have in the book for the birthday is to print pictures of yourself and the things that you've accomplished for the whole year Mm. and have like a journal, your birthday journal that you put them in so that you can really see, look what I've done this year, Mm. look how much I've accomplished. And then you keep that journal for every year. So it grows with you. Mm. I love that. It's actually something that we've been speaking about at Kiki K to have as part of our collection to do like a birthday journal mm. because I think it's so beautiful to reflect and yeah. and actually taking that time to reflect and and appreciate that you are alive. Um, yeah, because otherwise life, I mean, it just passes us by so quickly because it's so fast now. Mm-hmm. So it gives you that day where you're like, oh, my God, look what I've done yeah. this whole year. Absolutely. I mean, we've got a lot. <laughs> I mean, we, I, I wake up on my birthday like a child. I don't know why. I'm just like, it's my birthday. And I kind of, everyone I see, I'm like, it's my birthday today. And I want I don't know why I'm, I've always been like that. It's weird. And then often I'll say to you, what are you doing for you? You're like, nothing. I'm not doing, I'm too busy. I'm not doing anything for my birthday, but it is like just one day celebrate yourself. Yeah. That's all. Absolutely. Love it. 
So if you can give three tips right now to our listeners to embrace more self-care or positive rituals in their everyday lives, what would they be? So three tips. I think my first one for the rituals is to start your morning slower Mm. so that you have time to really realize how you want to design your day instead of just rushing through it and everything becomes hectic. That would be my first one. I think that being kind to yourself, Mm. you know, when you hit those difficult moments in the day or conversations with people or, you know, we can't control our relationships with other people or situations and we can often be quite mean to ourselves Mm. and treat yourself again like you would just comes back to that same thing like you would if it was your best friend or if it was your child that made a mistake said something maybe not very nice to someone else Mm. instead of beating yourself up about it just be like go and say sorry and just move on from it Mm. you know and not not be so hard on yourself all the time and then keeping things small so when you are trying to make changes make them small changes so they're you're able to sustain it and keep it going and then start adding things rather than making like these huge promises to yourself and then not even lasting three days with it. Yeah, very much like the New Year's resolutions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a really, that's some really good tips there. Thank you for sharing. So something I'm very passionate about is making um, time for self-care and dreaming big every day. And I tend to work that into my morning routine. I'm an early person. I go to bed early and I get up early and I call it my holy hour. And, and that's where I do all my dreaming and thinking and coming up with um, ideas and reflections. Do you both have a morning routine that you could share with our listeners? You don't like the morning routines. I don't really <laughs> like the mornings very much. I go to bed early and I don't like waking up early no. either. So for me, it's very rushed in the morning because like, yeah. I've got the, to get the kids to school and what I do now is I get the kids to school and then I come home Mm. and that's my time. So I give myself an hour at home where I'll go for a walk. I'll really be slow getting ready. And then I go to work instead of rushing from like dropping the kids straight to work because then I'm just too hectic. So that's kind of my time and space to reflect on yeah. on myself yeah and that's a good one because I think for our listeners it, it doesn't have to be early morning or it just that hour regardless when that it really is but um, yeah. yeah but I think sometimes mornings are good because then there's nothing coming in you know for night there is other things coming our way that we are sometimes out of control and I just I have a little bit I like getting up early yeah. so I'm up at six and I like having that time in the morning there's a one of the rituals is just to sit with your cup of tea and I do literally and and right now because it's dark I quite like I open my curtains and I pull up my blind and I just sit with my cup of tea and I watch as it starts to get lighter and it's just a little contemplation in the morning and then I I'm I'm very self-indulgent in the morning but I like to get up early and then I like to meditate in the morning so I do my 20-minute meditation and then I start my day what's interesting for both of us is that getting up early was not something that came naturally so I had to train myself to get up early I used to just set my alarm half an hour earlier do that for a few months then a half and I always wanted to be someone that just got up at six and felt good and I really never did and now I do and it's great but I also have to make sure I go to bed early too yeah yeah 
Yeah, I love that because mm. I wasn't um, a natural person either mm. to get up, and now I now I am, and not not always because if I have a really, you know, key up at, in the middle of the night with kids and stuff, then that I might sleep in. But most mm. mornings I love getting up early mm. too because it's such a special time of the day. It's quite, my yoga teacher always says, I mean, she's up at four in the morning. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's like pushing it a little bit. But in the yoga tradition, it's the golden hour, and she says that everything else wakes up at that time apart from human beings, yeah. right? The birds start, everything just starts, yeah. but humans don't start yet. But it's nice, it's quiet, it's, you know, it's a yeah. peaceful moment. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing. So with all um, your commitments and work and in helping others live their best lives, how do you manage to stay balanced in your own life? And do you believe it's possible to be balanced, have a balanced life? Well, you don't. You don't believe in the work-life balance so much. I find, well, I mean, I do. It's a conversation. I, I think. think, you know, there are some weeks where I'm absolutely crazy. And at that time, I know I need to have earlier nights. I need mm -hmm. to really look after myself. I need to eat like regular meals. And then there's some weeks where I'm not so busy. And then I can, you know, exercise more and be more what's the word like self-indulgent <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I think in that sense if when you when you know yourself and you're very aware of your your body and your time you're able to balance it whereas some people might be really busy and then they're going out every night and they're drinking and then it's just a downward spiral so yeah. I'm very aware of what energy I need to to keep back yeah, I, I think that it it's, again, learning to juggle everything well and then knowing like this week for us is a super, super busy week. So we check in that we make sure that we eat on time and that we don't miss any meals and that we drink a lot of water and go to bed early and then know that you have a little bit more of a resource to get you through. And then there are other times, because we're both self-employed, so there are times of ebb and flow when you're self-employed. It's different to when you go into a job every day. But just to notice those moments, and if you're going through something emotionally, whether that's a relationship breakup or you know, a parent dies or something happens in your life to know that instead of just going out and getting totally drunk because you can't deal with your feelings, mm. it's actually a time to really hold yourself in a tender place mm. and to take care of yourself. Yeah. I think it's really important to put yourself in your diary as well. Mm. So if you ask someone really that's busy and is working until really late to, to put yourself, okay, well, this hour no meetings, no phone calls, mm. that's my hour. And you do something nice for yourself at yeah. that time that's going to fuel you. I think I think what I mean by not believing in the work-life balance, which I do believe in, when you love what you do, yeah. you know, as you know, it's so easy to give so much to your work. Yeah. And you sometimes forget about your friendships and just doing fun things like hobbies or just fun stuff because your whole life revolves around this thing that you've created. Yeah. And suddenly, I think recently I've just started to go, hmm, what about the fun stuff? Just the stuff that's not my work anymore. Yeah. And I started taking a pottery class on a Wednesday night and yeah. I'm terrible at it, but when I'm doing it, don't <laughs> laugh. I made something last week and I showed Carty and she's like, yeah, why don't you make me one when you reach level three? <laughs> I was like, 
that's true. I love that. That's honesty. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's just something that makes your brain go into a completely different place because it's not something that, you know, it's not your work. It's not work related. Yeah. Which I think is really important. Yeah. But I do also like um, the thought of um, if you love what you do, then you can put in those hours and then the life work balance is 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 maybe out of balance because you're doing that a lot but at least you love it and, and I yeah. think that's really important yeah but I still like I still make sure that I see my friends a few times a week and yeah. I can because I can easily we're both quite homebodies yeah. you know so it's not like we have to go out or anything like that but I can easily go for a few weeks where it'll be my work which is taking care of other people and then easily come home and get in bed with a book and be so happy not speaking to anyone or seeing anyone and that's not always good either so just learning this little balance you know how what works for you yeah love it thank you so much so through your books yoga and food you are helping so many people to take steps to move closer to a life that they love which must feel amazing do you feel that you are living your dream life? Well, we, we there was a funny thing that happened when the first book came out, self-care. And, you know, I mean, none of these numbers and nothing really means anything. It's just we're just really happy that the book was selling and people were responding to it. And people were coming into the cafe, into Katia's cafe. She'd be like in the kitchen, washing dishes. And, and they're like, but you wrote the book. We didn't think you'd be here. And she's like, oh, no, I'm I'm here and just washing, you know, apron on, you know, and you kind of or, or I'm like schlepping on the tube trying to get to my private yoga classes. And and you kind of think that there's supposed to be this moment that arrives where you don't have to do any of that stuff anymore, <laughs> you know, and no, that moment has not arrived. At all. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But then there's other moments that are super fun, you know, that that we haven't had before where you can, you know, you had a really nice holiday last summer. I had a really nice summer and it was nice to be able to afford to do the things that you haven't been able to afford to do before, which is super great. And I don't know, sometimes people ask that question and in some ways I feel like I'm living way more than I ever dreamed I would in some aspects of my life. And then in other aspects, I thought it would be different and I guess I trust the universe so much that it it's perfect the way it is and I I I never dreamed some of it would turn out the way it did but it did and it's pretty I'm pretty grateful what I was thinking about just now as well as in the sense of who I am and who I want to be I'm definitely living the life I want to live I mean we always kind of want yeah, you always want more, more. Yeah, you know, yeah. and That's part of you know, not work so hard and all of that stuff. Yeah. But as as a person and who I am and the decisions I make, I'm very happy with where I am and what I'm doing. So have you guys got any dreams that you still want to achieve? My holiday home <laughs> in the sun. <laughs> where I live eight months out of the year. Yeah, that's yeah, a nice one. <laughs> I read your book and I started to write a lot of things down. And, and we try and check in with each other like just before rituals came out. We made sure that we again sat down, you know, on the new moon and we wrote down our dreams <laughs> for that, that book. <laughs> Yours was really long. Yours was like My, a book. Mine's really long, but it was funny because in we were in Paris recently together and we were talking about our like manifestations and you know what was coming and she was like 
we went, we were going shopping and we were in the Isabel Morant shop and couldn't really buy everything we wanted. And um, she's like, wouldn't it be great if we could just go in, just get what we wanted like twice a year, buy underwear and socks whenever, new, new, new underwear, underwear and, and socks whenever And I was like, to. okay, this is where the problem is. <laughs> like now I get it. You're thinking about new underwear and socks. Like. I'm thinking much bigger and you're holding us back. We've got to change this. Forget the underwear and socks. I want to go in five times a day if I wanted to into the Isabel Morant shop and buy what I want. Forget the underwear and socks. So we had to like have a quick chat about yeah the limits. and But we do. We write our dreams down and we have a little altar that we set up with our book and our dreams. And, you know, I was saying this to Kati the other day. A friend of mine said to me, she's like, it's like you just breathe then things happen and in some parts yes and then in other parts I'm like well I've been asking for this one thing for a while and nothing's really happened there so you know who knows whatever it's all good yeah, yeah. and it could be coming the and perfect coming you yeah. know it's not ready it's not ready yeah, yeah. exactly yeah it's still brewing mm, love that so in my book I talk a lot about the question of who as in who can help and my experience is that rather than thinking about what can I do like who can help me who can I learn from and who has successfully done what what I'm trying to do so in your book there is a chapter on finding your tribe and surrounding yourself with people who lift you up and support you which is so vital I'd love to know if there are any key people who help you through some of the tougher times or anyone who has been really good support to you in, in whatever um, area. I have my yoga teacher who, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing, yeah. you know. So, uh, you know, when I look back at that teaching that she kind of bestowed on me and sent me out to teach, that was a pretty incredible moment to have someone like her in my life. Like Katia said earlier, we have people that we can go to to help us. So we both had the same life coach yeah. and she was amazing. She sort of turned both of our lives around with um, having new thought patterns and attitudes mm. and each other. Oh, yeah, we have each other. <laughs> we definitely have each other. But I think our editor, our publisher was such an amazing, she's just got this force, you know, and she kind of came to us and every time we doubted, we're like, I don't think, I, 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 and she's like, yes, you've got this, you can do this. Like there's a second book in you, you can do this. And she's been quite an amazing force of energy that has, I don't know, like I keep wanting to send her an email and go, why do you keep wanting us, like what is going on here? You know, but she really did believe in us and pushed us forward. And I, you know, I hold her in a pretty sacred space as someone that, that propelled us into a new place with our, with our knowledge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For me, well, my sister and family, yeah. Like uh, my husband has a huge family and, you know, now I have him and my kids and all of that has been a really great support for me. But like Nadia said, you know, our life coach is amazing. But also, I mean, there's so many teachers, mm. isn't there? Like a lot of our pain, there are teachers. Yeah. And so it's just changing how you see the pain sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one for our our listeners. 
So a big crazy dream of mine is to inspire 101 million people to write down three carefully considered dreams on paper and start chasing them. One of my things that I really want to do with the book was to inspire people to find their dream life because I meet way too many people who not do not love their um, life. And I always ask uh, people to consider if you could do anything in life, if you couldn't fail and if you had all the money, the resources, the and I love the that. Energy. I love that when you say, I, I've been, I, that's what I kept talking about after I read your book was that it's such a big ask, yeah. you know, if you could have all the money in the world. That you needed. That you, you needed, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that you needed and you had full support and no one was saying no to you. And I don't really know what that would be. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, I don't know. No, that's interesting because um, if we knew we couldn't fail, we often think, well, maybe I could do, you know, maybe I could do the public speaking or, or you know, TV appearance or whatever it is, or, or maybe it's starting a business or. I think I got kind of blocked on it because there's so much, like I keep thinking that I would fail, you know, or that I couldn't think big enough of my dream because I never made a plan for anything in my life. You know, so I never woke up and was like, oh, yeah, I'm in a dream to be a yoga teacher. I'm a dream to write a book or, you know, that it didn't really happen like that. So I got a little bit stuck with that. And I had to really work quite hard at trying to figure out what that dream was. Yeah. And I still I'm not totally clear because it's big. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's not as simple as like, oh, yeah, I want a holiday home in the sun. And, you know, that's almost could be achievable at some point. But and a lot of the people that you interviewed in your book were doing such amazing things like the school in Africa yeah. and, you know, such great things. And I guess I haven't really had time to think yeah. as big as I would like to. Yeah. 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 And, you know, but if, I'm also encouraging people to dream big, obviously, but um, sometimes big is to actually step back. It doesn't yeah. have to be. Uh, but, you know, Tara Rai, who you are referencing, yeah. um, I mean, she, she grew up in, a, you know, terrible conditions yeah. and um, she had a dream to just get an education and, you know, she's amazing story. I mean, I that. sobbed when I read oh, that story. Yeah. yeah. I love sharing her story because I think when people hear her story, mm. anything is possible. Yeah. And, um, you know, it took her 20 years with no resources, no money, you know, all the stuff that we kind of take for granted and we have um, mm. is incredible. So how about you? If you couldn't fail and if you had all the money, the resources and the energy and the knowledge and resources. I think that. mine would be to step back actually. Yeah. yeah. Step back somewhere nicer. Like I've always liked the idea of having like a small bed and breakfast yeah. where in a nice hot place where I could still cook and have people so I could talk to people if I wanted to and we lived like more in nature. Yeah. Like I think I'd like to be more in nature and less busy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a lovely dream because sometimes they are the dreams that um, really connect with our heart. Mm. One of the chapters I, is um, the life is short and um, I encourage people to um, think if they were to die in three years' time, what, would they, what decisions would they make? Mm. What would they dream about today that would be different? Um, because sometimes we think that life is going to go on forever and we forget mm. that there is an end. If we take that kind of approach, you know, are there things that you could do differently? And often that is... Um, things that are you're often connected with the family or connected with yourself and mm. rather than with your head yeah well, there's a famous buddhist book 
that teaches and and he, he Stephen Levine and he teaches you to live your life as if it's your last year. Yeah. And it's a it's a it's a difficult practice because mm -hmm. you have to make that commitment yeah. for that year to live your life as if it's your last year. Yeah. It's a pretty wild practice. I've yeah. had some friends that have done it and yeah, it just changes how you speak to people and just little things like that. Not even just a big dream, but just how you are in your relationships. Absolutely. And yeah, 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 it's a good, mm. good thing to think sometimes about. So if you could give one piece of advice to the next generation to help them live their dream life, what would you say? I think just believe that you can do whatever you want to do. Mm. I think that's a really big yeah, you can, you can, if you really, really want to do it, you can do it. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just trying to think about what I tell my kids and the thing that I've been saying to them recently is do things that you're proud of. So everything that you're doing to other people, just make sure when you go home, you're proud of those things yeah. and you're happy with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. They're really good things. Thank you for sharing. I personally believe everyone has the power to create a life that they love, their dream life, whatever that means to them. And one activity I like to get people to do is to um, stop for a moment and imagine their dream day, what that would look like. Yeah. I get them to think about who would they, who would be there, what would they do, and uh, where would they go, and how would they feel. So I'd love to ask you both: What would your dream Monday be like? Mm. <laughs> well, I'd be living by the beach. <laughs> First of all, can I get? Can I be anywhere? Oh, you can, I can be anywhere. That's, okay. a, that's the beauty of dreaming, okay. isn't uh, it? Like I'm there is no be living by the beach, and I wake up early, and I do all my morning routines that I do normally, yeah. and then I walk on the beach. And then I go and take a yoga class down at the local yoga place. <laughs> and then I go for breakfast with some girlfriends. And then I might do a little bit of work for a few hours. Bertrand Russell said you should only really work three hours a day. That's yeah. as much, you know. So a few hours of work because I still want to work. And then... Yeah, I don't know. There's still more to do. <laughs> then I have the evenings to relax and cook dinners and have friends over. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm just enjoying my dream. You, know, <laughs> no, no, you need to add to it. Well, I'm just, Who are you with? Just your friends? Well, family, friends, super sweet partner. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to get into all of the details on the podcast. <laughs> Do that privately. Otherwise, it's going to get missed. <laughs> in my dream notebook, it's in there. <laughs> For me, it would be well. When we were in this in last a couple summers ago, we went to Yosemite, mm -hmm. and we were camping in the woods out there, and it was amazing. Yeah. So for me, that's that's the dream: like yeah. being in the woods, hiking with my family. You know, just getting dirty yeah. in the earth yeah. it's it's really comforting for me swimming in the lake it was perfect mm. and so i i would want a lot more of that in my life mm. yeah that's really good i think um a lot of dreams is coming back to nature yeah we, i think we all belong belong in nature so mm. yeah that's a great one and when i see women and they've left london and they've gone and they've started somewhere else I really admire them because we're not at that stage where we can do that yet. But it's the constant conversation between my husband and I like, 
when are we getting out of here? When are we doing it? What could we do? Where could we go? You know, so it's definitely something that we both want to do and to be able to step back in our lives. Yeah. And I think dreaming, I mean, it's so exciting to dream, you know, if you're perfect Monday, what, what would it be? And sometimes it's, um, it doesn't have to be, you know, the whole big thing. It could be that, you know, you're doing the same rituals, but you might just do it in a warmer place or mm-hmm. whatever it is. It's not always. Um, and sometimes we can just incorporate maybe a couple of those things um, into. You went back to Sweden yeah. for a year with your yeah. family because that was part of your dream and yeah. what you wanted to do. So you made that happen, yeah. which is pretty brave too. Yeah. And it was funny because it was part of my dreams and I I look through I have a ritual every year where I look through my dreams and then I choose a few that I was going to that I'm going to make happen and some of them are long term and some of them you can make happen straight away in that year but um, I shared it with my family um, so two kids and they said when are we doing it because I said we need to do it while they're still in in the young school because I wanted them to go to the local school in my hometown in Sweden and so it was really within the next few years that that was going to happen. And um, so we had a vote in the family and everyone voted the year that, that we went. But I said, no, I'm not ready. <laughs> I need another year. You know, there was a few things at work that I needed to do before moving. And uh, they outvoted me. So be uh, careful what you put out there. <laughs> yeah. But it was the most amazing, yeah. amazing um Dream. Dream. And also my dad passed um, last year. So Mm -hmm. having that year to be there was also, I think it was all meant to be that year. So yeah, it was really good. So yeah, I love, I love dreaming and, um, and sometimes we have it in within us and it's sometimes those dreams can uh, can be achieved without too much effort well, that's what I loved about your book was that it just made me kind of wake up to it again and I'd forgotten you know you just get so busy mm. and you just don't think about your dreams and what you want in your life you know and and even when yeah I'm always fascinated by those people like you said that how do you just suddenly go I'm not doing this anymore this doesn't make me happy I'm just going to do something else I've been doing the same thing for 23 years you know what do you you just stop like you know and I'm always questioning people because there's a lot of fear around it too you're giving up everything that you know yourself to be but anyway that's what your book really inspired me I kept saying to you guys should do it and I bought them all I didn't have your dream journal for all the kids but I bought everyone a notebook and I was like this is your dream book and they're like my husband was like this is just a Ryman's notebook (laughs) not Well, I can help you with that. So before you leave today, you are having some dream journals I just journals thought it was something that the kids could just write every night. Like, what would you, if I'd learned that when I was young, my life would be very different. Yeah. You know, I'd be like thinking about how I see my life. And that's a pretty wild concept, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I, what I love about dreaming is that you can you can remove yourself from, you know, if you're setting goals with the next 12 months, you always look at where, where am I today? And then you might stretch your goals or you might do something that is a little bit out of out of your normal life. But dreaming, you can actually just start from scratch and yeah. you can do whatever. And that's what I love because then it might open up a few things that you might not have considered mm-hmm. because we, we often are, and you guys are already doing so much you love, but some people that I meet, they're, you know, in, stuck in a role that they don't love. You know, uh, they might have peer pressure in terms of parents wanted them to study certain thing or mm-hmm. they um, studied for, you know, eight years to become a doctor and then all of a sudden they're in this job and then they're mm-hmm. in that, you know, for supporting a family and it's hard to get out of. So the dreaming process takes us all out of the everyday. And we, we read, we did some research as well because we kept 
our phones outside of our bedroom. So we left, we leave the phone outside at night and, you know, it's, it's not the alarm. We have an alarm clock and, yeah. And so those first few hours of early morning is actually when your spirit is the most creative. And so instead of going to the phone to turn the phone off and then going into that whole spiral of Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and the news and getting filled up by stuff that really doesn't you know, it's not beneficial in any way to be able to spend that time. And that's one of the rituals in the in the book, Rituals for Every Day, where you just have a notebook next to you and you just write down just whatever your intentions, your dreams, whatever it could be. And that that little point in the morning is a very important time. Mm. The other one that we talk about in self-care is to make like a mood board of your life. Mm. So you're taking pictures, you know, and you're creating a board of how do I see it? How do I want this to look? Which is a really nice way as well, because then, you know, your brain will try and start to find those things for it to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I really love, at Kiki K, we love vision boards. And, yeah. and I really, you know, it's funny because uh, my kids want dogs, so the whole their vision boards are now full of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm very much into that. So I absolutely love that. So thank you for sharing. So, so I'd love to finish off by asking you a few quick questions um, that I know that our listeners would love to hear from you. And I think you have uh, answered this one, but in case there are some other, because considering you guys are all about rituals, do you have any, any specific rituals that will help you live your dream life that you haven't mentioned? You can take someone out of your book, perhaps. Well, I think that in some sense, all of the rituals help because the whole point of them is for you to pause mm. and to look inward. Mm. Set an intention. Yeah, to set intention. So it's each ritual in some way is giving you space and time to reflect. Mm. So in that time of reflection, you can really look like Nadia was saying earlier, like I haven't had time to think about what I what my dream is. So by like doing the rituals and making them more regular, then it gives you that time yeah. to look. I mean, a ritual could be to do your book every morning for 10 minutes, yeah. you know, and you're giving yourself that time to do that. Yeah, and and one of the, I think it was in self-care that we talked about, even if it's just sitting with a cup of tea and reading something inspirational rather than the news or all those things. And your book was that, you know, I would just sit with it in the morning and I would read a couple of pages and then suddenly you're like, oh yeah, I'm living my dream life, you know, <laughs> and it, it just felt good. Yeah. And so just like Katia said, just tiny little things that you can do all add up the the little micro mm -hmm. adds up to the macro dream yeah. and it's not just suddenly you wake up and you're like because even there's been times where I've been in the dream landscape walking on the beach and the sun is setting and everything is perfect but my internal dialogue hasn't been yeah. you know so there has to be a match of both yeah. and we need time and space to be able to reflect on what we need to do for ourselves to make sure that we have a, a calm quiet happy mind yeah absolutely love that thanks for sharing so I don't know if you do, but if you have a Kiki K favorite product, what is I that? I have such FOMO because I haven't got the book. <laughs> you, I need the book. You, the you book. are getting the book well, today. Your book 
I, I told you when I met you the first time, I just loved it. And that's why I came to meet you because I was like, I just love that book. It oh, made me feel so you. good, you know, and I, I haven't, I have the journal, but I haven't done the journal, yeah. but that's because we've just had a busy yeah, year, but I've had it to, I'm going on holiday with my best friend at Christmas oh, nice. and we have two whole weeks and we made a plan that we were going to do lots of looking at pod, uh, listening to podcasts and reading inspirational things. And I have your book in my pile because I think we're just going to do a whole dream yeah. thing for two weeks. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Can't wait to hear. Yeah. After. Okay. <laughs> so being a book lover, I would love to hear what your favorite book is and why. And I know there's probably lots and we're going to take your two brilliant books away because we've already spoken about that but if you had any other books to recommend yeah we're not going to put our books on our favorite books to read that would be really weird what have I read at the moment so the book that I was saying um how to own the room yeah that I'm reading at the moment and I've I'm really enjoying it and also I've really really enjoy Scarlett Curtis's book feminists don't wear pink and other lies which is a really great because it's um it's accumulation of different women writing about their stories and you know it's it's beautiful yeah yeah yeah. it's a really really sweet book great so those are my top two of the last few but you really enjoyed notes on a note yeah i'm not as big of a reader as nadia i got through note yeah Notes on a Nervous Planet in the Summer. Matt Haig. Matt Haig. And I mean, I have a lot of cookbooks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah that's fine. What's your favorite cookbook? Have you got one? Anna Jones. Yeah. Anna Jones Anna is Jones. all of them. Yeah. She's just so amazing. She's so clever. I kind of have a collection of cookbooks. Yeah, that I yeah. That's, one of, that's actually one of my rituals on the weekend uh, um, because um, looking at cookbooks, for me is the creativity and the inspiration and I do cook but I don't often follow a cookbook but I get inspired of oh I like to do something like that and I might not follow the recipe but Anna Jones I love because she it's so simple and it's fresh Mm. and it's a you know a new modern way of approaching cook and it's a way as well like we were talking about do something new like a you know try something new learn something new it's a way of doing it almost daily yeah you know just find a recipe that you love yeah that might be a bit more challenging for you and just get stuck into it because you have to concentrate yeah. so hard and you're in that moment yeah otherwise it's going to taste really yeah. shit <laughs> <laughs> so true so true i um yeah i love cookbooks and yeah. I, I that's one of my i always say that you can never have too many cookbooks i no, think you no. see i'm the opposite of that <laughs> i have all these cookbooks and i don't think i've ever even no. looked at one no, Anna Jones I love because we, you know, she's a friend and we love her. And um, and I do look, but I never make anything. <laughs> and then I send Carty. I'm like, you should make this. This looks really good. And then you invite yourself over. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> well, that's good because you guys have um, obviously yeah. very different strengths and help each other. So uh, the last questions that I have is and I think we covered a little bit before for the new generation but maybe there is another little advice if you could go back to your younger selves say when you're in your late teens what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now gosh oh we have so much advice we would give ourselves (laughs) then we didn't get a lot of advice from our parents um (laughs) good advice love yourself yeah just Mm. really love yourself I think and yeah just love yourself 
and that thing as and that you're good enough yeah i think that's what we've lacked <laughs> and then the, the, there's that funny thing when you and I do it a lot more now but I remember when I was young and a picture was taken of me and I'd be like oh god I'm so ugly and you know you, you're so mean to yourself mm. and then when you look back at yourself 10 years 20 years now later and you're like I was gorgeous. What was I thinking? And that to really just appreciate, you know, who you are a little bit more than, you know, again, it goes back to that thing. You just give yourself such, well, we did. We just gave ourselves such a hard time. And that could have had a little something to do with our upbringing, but just to know that you're good enough and that you got to just love yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Mm. But the good thing is sometimes when we have those challenges as kids, we yeah. wouldn't be where we are today yeah. if we didn't have them. So there's yeah. always a positive in the yeah, negative. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank First you. Thank for, you. Uh, I know you guys are super busy. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to come and chat and to share oh, all pleasure. your amazing wisdom to our listeners so thank you so much and thank you for all that you guys are doing um to make the world a kinder more ritual and more um, present um i absolutely love it and we'll link to your two books and i wish you all the best for thank another you. bestseller and um and, thanks for uh, having us yeah, no, thank, thank you. you thank you what a wonderful honest and refreshing chat that was i hope you are now as inspired as i am to start making self-care a priority in your life one of the things that really resonated with me was how Nadia and Katja both agreed that changing the conversation we have with ourselves is such an important way to change our mindset. I completely agree with that. By treating ourselves with kindness, being proud of ourselves and celebrating our achievements, we can begin to see ourselves in a more positive light and be grateful for all we have. I couldn't agree more, which is why you'll find chapters in my book, Your Dream Life Starts Here, to help you reflect and appreciate who you are and where you are right now. By celebrating your achievements, listening to the things you are proud of and reflecting on everything you're grateful for, you can start to truly believe in yourself. So if you haven't got a copy yet, I encourage you to do so and I truly hope that it will help you on your journey of uncovering and chasing your dreams, whatever they may be. And also grab a copy of the Dream Life Journal I have created to go with it. Another great place to start is to check out my 101 Dreams audio guide at kiki-k.com forward slash dreamlife. If you love this episode, don't forget to subscribe for plenty more inspiration. And please tell us what you thought by leaving us a review. I would really appreciate your support with my big crazy dream to inspire 101 million people to write down three dreams on paper and go and chase them. So please help us spread this inspiring message to even more people by sharing our podcast on social media with the hashtag 101 million dreamers. Until next time, don't forget to dream big and chase your dreams. <laughs>